If your business is tired of paying unpredictable and high phone bills, do what I did. Switch to Zoom Call's cloud business phone service. You'll pay the same low amount every month, no matter how many calls you have in the U.S. and Canada. And Zoom Calls has a really cool feature called voicemail drops. Whenever you reach someone's voicemail, just say hi in their name and then click a couple of buttons on your phone to leave your pre-recorded message. It saves both your voice and your time. Check out zoomcalls.com. That's zoomcalls.com. I think you'll love it. Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. That is right. You are listening to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. And I am your host, Todd Huff. Email Todd at ToddHuffShow.com, Facebook.com slash Todd Huff Show for those that want to watch the program live or on demand today. It is good to be here. Thank you for joining us. Speaking about conservative, not bitter, I want to talk about I want to talk about some things that happened um, in well at the Todd Huff show yesterday at our um, at the well at the, at the operation, I guess you could say. We have, uh, as, as you know, we have been growing. Um, we have some new team members, and all of the team members are, you know, it, it makes me feel old. I'll be honest with you. It makes me feel old because all of the team members were born at, well, I would say during or after my senior year of high school. I think the oldest uh, of the of the team is was born uh, during my my senior year during my senior year and one of them was born even after I graduated from high school so we've um it's a little bit humbling I guess or <laughs> it just uh is a bit of an eye opener when I ask them what year you were born in what year again but anyway so one of the things that I think is is important and one of the things I try to do in fact it may come as a surprise to some of you listening to this program, but when when in personal kind of one-on-one situations and when politics comes up, which inevitably it does, I don't want to say it, – it's not always it, – but it usually comes up. People know uh, what I do. I think oftentimes they're either intrigued because they're conservative to talk about some issues or they are uh, – want to fight about something. <laughs> so – it almost always comes up, and this may seem as a come as a shock to you, but it rarely comes up because I bring it up. Rarely comes up because I bring it up. In fact, if it does come up, this will also potentially surprise you. I don't. Uh, I, I spend a lot more time listening than than talking, and so yesterday, I, I wanted to, and I asked the staff. 
when I got into the office after doing this program, I said, because I knew they had all watched the debate. I said, let's sit there and let's talk about let's talk about this debate. I want to know what you thought. I wanted to know, you know, some of these um, members on our team have never really paid attention before. If they have, it was kind of from a distance. They didn't, uh, you know, get engaged. I don't believe uh, a couple of them have ever voted. I don't think a couple of them have ever voted. And so very intelligent folks. It's just they they haven't. They're younger. They've uh, they just haven't done that. So I was curious because, you know, we I talk about some things on here. We talk about things like the the debate. We talk about, you know, you've heard me raise the question, how many people are truly undecided here in 2020? Four weeks out, four and, I guess four and a half weeks out from Election Day. Who is really undecided? Right? We talk as though there's this great mass of people that haven't made up their minds yet, but we're looking at two truly uh, polar opposite worldviews in a lot of ways that are being presented to us. And so I wanted to get their opinions. I wanted to know what they thought about the debate. I wanted to know what they thought about the candidates. I wanted to know, you know, what they liked from what they heard, what they didn't like. I wanted to see if they could tell me something they heard the other candidates say, whether or not they thought the candidate believed it or not, but is there something the other candidate said anything? Anything at all that you could at least relate to and say that I could I could agree with that, that sort of thing. Just talk to try to to try to understand. And I'll tell you this, I was reminded about some some very, I think, fundamentally important things whenever we had this discussion. And and I you know, I we know this, but to hear it and to see um you know personally what people are saying. And it was a great conversation. Actually lasted a lot longer than I had expected it to last. But, you know, it reminded me of this truth. Now, if you're a Trump supporter, you know, MAGA hat wearing, flag waving Trump supporter, this is, look, I'm I'm on board um, with, with what the president is is trying to to do as far as it comes to the direction of this this country and so forth so this is um this obviously doesn't pertain to you but there are voters out there voters out there that are absolutely positively repulsed by president trump and they're not going to change their minds on president trump in the next 4 weeks now the question is you know, can they change their minds? Are they uh, are they firmly, uh, I, I guess, against the ideas or just against the person? In fact, one of these folks on my team shared uh, that one of their friends, one of their friends is hates Trump. She's, I guess, voting. This this friend of one of our team members, she is voting, but she says. Um, I'm just voting because someone else needs to be in office besides Trump. Don't care who, don't care what they believe. Just the main issue is it needs Trump needs to be out, right? And there's a there's sentiment like this, and this is look a little bit um, dangerous 
a little bit dangerous. Anybody but Trump, that mentality is is really is really dangerous because that's how you uh, could jump from the proverbial frying pan, I guess as they see it, into the fire. It's important to know what you're voting for. But when there is such a strong hatred for an individual that's been stirred up in your heart, as many folks, some folks, I should say, I don't know the, what the percentages are. I would say many now that I think many just hate Trump. That's why Biden and his campaign has focused on not so much giving you reasons to vote for him. In fact, I had a one of my good friends yesterday ask me, do you think it's better – it's more motivational for voters to be given reasons to vote for someone or to have someone have a campaign play to the the fear they have so that they just vote for someone else and i i definitely think that the stronger motivation is to give someone a positive reason positive reason to vote for somebody not just to scare them to not vote for the other person. Fear is a motivator. I'm not saying that it isn't. Fear can be a powerful motivator. But I remember back uh, years ago, I listened to uh, Dennis Waitley, who Dennis Waitley's, I don't know, kind of a motivational speaker. He's a He trains uh, folks. He actually trained at one point Olympic athletes, and he shared some of his findings he said that when training Olympic athletes, uh, athletes when, say, competing for the, say, the 100-meter dash, it was more effective to motivate them to envision themselves winning, winning first place, standing on the podium as your national anthem is, is being played or whatever, having that gold medal draped around your neck, than it is, than it is to envision how bad you would feel if you were anything but that, if you were in second place or <clears throat> just missed the podium. People performed better when they focused on the positive, the positive result of what they hoped to achieve instead of the negative, the negative results of something uh, if they failed to achieve it. So it's better, again, to focus on the positive of, of winning versus the, the positive associated with that versus focusing on the negatives, the negatives that come should you fail to achieve your goals and object, uh, uh, objectives. So I think it's clearly better to give someone a reason to vote for someone than it is to give a reason give reasons for them not to vote for someone. But this is where the Democrats are. And because of that, they've stirred up a lot of hatred for President Trump, so much so that some voters, some folks that are planning to cast their ballots, are going uh, are, are, are prepared to vote for virtually anybody. They don't know anything about the other candidate. They just know that they hate Trump, and this is, this is dangerous. This is dangerous. Now, none of our team is from that perspective, but they know people personally who do have that perspective. And so as I as I thought about this, it just reminded me. It reminded me as we get into the midst of this campaign. We get into the midst of this campaign, we're in the wake of that first debate where Trump was interrupting Biden and Biden was calling him names and Chris Wallace was unable to take control of the debate and all that stuff was happening. It's about a lot of personality at this point, right? A lot of personality. And I'm not saying personality is bad. I'm just simply saying, at the end of the day, what we're really voting for are ideas. 
our principles because politics ultimately is about where the personalities are trying to take us more so than what they say and do along the way, more than their tweets and so forth. I'm not saying that tweets don't matter at all. I'm not saying that the way press conferences are handled don't matter at all. In fact, you'll actually hear me defend President Trump a lot of time because he's challenging the media. The media has to be challenged. They have promoted a false narrative. They have maligned this guy for so long, the president, that it is he has to combat this. He has to combat this. But and that is important. That is important because what we have to do is focus on uh, we have to focus more on on ideas than we do simply personalities. And that's of course where we find ourselves. So I'm gonna talk about some things, some ways that I have had success in in I guess connecting with and building bridges with those who are um, who don't share these ideas or who who are distracted perhaps by some of the personality, some of the the way that politics um, <laughs> I guess manifests itself in elections in the United States. But I want to talk about this. I want to talk about some of the things that I do when given the chance to share my beliefs with someone and some of the success i think i think that people can be persuaded it's not all of them some folks are um, firmly firmly ensconced in, uh, in in their particular beliefs and positions and so forth others just need to have it explained and articulated to them in fact yesterday you know, there were questions. The staff and I just discussed some things about the debate, and, and and some had questions about something Trump would say. And when I would explain more of the context, I'm not saying that it changed opinions on Trump's approach or what Trump said or did, but it did change a little bit. They were suddenly saw what at least Trump's perspective, and that Trump's perspective in many cases is much more correct than the media wants us to believe. If you get into a screaming match with someone to say Trump's, you know, not lying and they say yes he is, that doesn't get anywhere. But anyway, we we made some headway a little bit on some things. And ultimately that's what we have to do. See, I have this crazy notion, and this is the greatest nation on the face of the planet. We're all blessed to live here. It is such a tremendous blessing to be able to live in this nation with these principles and ideas that have been established uh, by our by our founding fathers and if this nation was made great because of its ideas which i believe that it was i believe that that's demonstrable then it stands to reason if we deviate from those ideas enough we eventually find ourselves in a place where america can be can, can lose its its greatness when it's not great based upon our DNA, our genetics. We're not somehow superior to the rest of the world. In fact, in fact, that's why the rest of the world wants to come here. They want to simply be able, they want to be able to chase their dreams, live life according to their own conscience, live as citizens at their 
uh, have the the good fortune of being accepted as, as citizens here. But live as citizens and not as subjects. Live as an individual, not as someone who's simply part of some massive, faceless, or nameless group of uh, individual people in a larger crowd. So I want to talk about some things that I think can help further the cause, increase the odds that someone would at least take a moment in time to vote for Trump, to vote for Trump. If not for Trump this year, then maybe for Republicans in 2022 in the midterms or what have you. And if we want to win, if we want to uh, restore this nation, if we want to see more positive things happen, we have to find a way to persuade those who don't agree. Like, this is undeniable. If, if we're not growing the movement, if we're not growing the movement, we will fail and fail miserably, and there's a lot at stake. So I want to talk about some of these things because I really think this is where the rubber meets the road. Talk about this when we get back. You're listening here to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff. Back in just a minute. Welcome back. Been talking here about some things that I was reminded of yesterday when speaking with our team at the Todd Huff Show about the debate about politics in general and about really the art, I guess, of, of persuasion. In fact, we'll delve into these things in more detail, uh, things like this with our conservative, not bitter university, because I think this is paramount. I think this is paramount um, that we find a way to effectively persuade people. And one of the things that's obvious is that when it's about personality, when politics is about personality instead of ideas, it quickly uh, gets gets messy. And that's what we have right now. And I'm not saying that, look, one of the things that we've lacked on the Republican, look, I'm, I, I vote Republican, but I'm, I'm a conservative. I'm a conservative. I'm willing to vote for anyone um, who can who can the most conservative person as Reagan said that that can win that can win an election uh, someone who believes in limited government and liberty to put that in a nutshell but anyway um, we on the Republican slash conservative side have have been clamoring for or needing a strong personality to be a vehicle who could advance conservative principles and values in this nation. And so I'm not saying it's not necessary or needed. I'm simply saying that the quickest way to divide someone from someone else in 2020 is to mention the name of a political candidate if you know the person doesn't agree with you. And so I'm saying that there's other ways that you might be able to make inroads without making it about whether Donald Trump's personality is right for the White House or whatever else. Some folks, again, have decided they don't like him. They are repulsed by him. They're not going to have their opinions on him changed almost certainly in four weeks. And so I think we have to get – we have to find a way to get to the ideas at hand because, again, personality is a quicker way to create division. And if you're trying to win someone over, we have to find a way. We have to find common ground and build Upon that, I'm not saying, don't hear me say, to compromise your beliefs. I, 
I can do this without compromising my my beliefs, without compromising conservatism, simply by seeking to understand the other person and to make the the conversation about ideas instead of personalities and one-liners is goes a long way to begin with. And so we have to get get to the point where we can talk about I'm talking about the fundamentally basic ideas. America is a great nation. Yeah, you know, there are some that reject that on the radical left today. These folks, I think you have to recognize who they are immediately if they start foaming at the mouth, if you say those sorts of things, probably not even prepared to have a conversation about it. And I would I would, you know, be respectful and I would probably still listen and maybe look for an opportunity to share and to correct some of the the erroneous and bad ideas they have. But the truth is these folks are not probably going to be persuadable. But most people, at least in my part of the world, our part of the world here, mid-America, flyover country. I don't know if this this approach may be harder to work in places like Portland and Seattle, but then again, maybe it's even more likely to work because they've seen what the other side, the radical extreme fringe edges of the Democrat Party, where that takes them, what that gets them. They've witnessed that with their own eyes. They've seen the people of Chaz and Chop. They've seen the radicals take over the city of Portland. They've seen these things. They've seen the calls for defunding, dismantling, whatever the police. They've seen these things. And they know that that is disastrous for a society. So people, people, most people I know will agree with things like this. Freedom and free markets are good. They have led to great improvements to life on this planet. In fact, I would say that the greatest thing that we have done uh, for to uh, address the issues of poverty, the greatest force that has helped in decreasing poverty is capitalism, is free markets. I think this is demonstrable. The United States, by embracing freedom and free markets, has helped lead the unleashing of great improvements in our society, both in this nation and elsewhere around the world. I think people understand that being a citizen is vastly superior to being a subject. I think people understand that by and large, there is the need for some government, but government getting too large and getting its paws into every aspect of our lives is not a good thing. Government is often inefficient. It is expensive. It doesn't know how to respond to market forces. Government at its core by the way, is force. That's what government is. And so we want to limit that as much as possible because choice is always better than force unless there's a very particular specific reason as to why. For example, for example, when we, uh, you know, law enforcement and law enforcement has to be able to use force to keep people from harming someone else. When they, there's no other alternative, there's no other alternative than force is the only one, then we have to be able to use that. But in a perfect world, choice is always better than force. 
and more government means less choice and less liberty. Most people will at least find some way to agree that or see agree with that or to see where you're coming from. And if we can make this more about ideas than we make this about personalities, we can actually make headway with some of these folks. So it's time to take a break. So it's not enough. So we can't make this about personality for those that we really truly want to to persuade. But we it's about ideas. And those are just some of the high-level, easy ideas that most people will find some level, even up to and including complete agreement. Complete agreement, some level of agreement, up to complete level of agreement with. And there's others as well. I'm just kind of touching on some on some simple ones. And they don't, again, when they cast votes a lot of times, it's about Trump and Biden. It's about who do I like better. It's about, ugh, I don't like his tweets. A lot of people think like this. And they just need to be readjusted because if those two individuals represent dramatically different ways of doing things, dramatically different ideologies, dramatically different worldviews, dramatically different beliefs as to what our government should and should not be doing, then it stands to reason that we better pay attention to that because that will affect our lives much, much more than a tweet by one of these one of these candidates. Anyway. So the ideas are important, but so is the approach. How do we get to the point to where we're able to talk about ideas without this turning into World War III, especially if this is a friend, a family member, a colleague, someone that you want to engage, you want to explain some things to them, but you you know, you know don't know how to get to that point. I think there's a way to do that. At least I've been able uh, – I've had some experience doing this and – you probably have as well, and if you think about how we got there, how you got there, um, it's probably some of the things that – some of the ways that we'll talk about here next segment. But quick timeout is needed. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in – back in just a minute. Welcome back. So I've learned that whenever we, uh, whenever I'm speaking with someone who doesn't necessarily agree with Trump or with conservatism, oftentimes, more times than not, they have a misunderstanding of conservatism. Sometimes on occasion, they actually disagree with one of the truths that I, I say conservatism um, I don't know, embraces or reflects, they challenge that that particular truth. Most times they simply need an explanation. I know that sounds maybe hard to believe, but I'm telling you, in my experience, most times people believe or simply need an explanation. In fact, the magic, I think, comes from being able to earn the right to be heard. And I think we should focus on that part because earn the right to be heard doesn't mean that we have this mentality that says, okay, idiot. Come, come, come in here and let me set you straight. If that's our mindset, then that's we're not going to be very, very effective. And, and you know, when you feel strongly about certain ideas and principles and you don't understand why people aren't embracing them and don't agree with them, I can understand why there's a little bit of, yeah, I, I can see where this comes from, but it's not, it's not effective. It's almost as though, um, 
you know, when I started my professional career after being a horse farmer for a couple of years, my first job was in sales. The next thing I did was was marketing. And I learned a lot through being trained in sales. And it's almost as though we just need to apply some of basic basic sales skills to the process of of explaining because that's what we're doing. We're selling. We're selling, if you want to think about it that way, the ideas of conservatism. And I don't mean in some fabricated way. When I talk about sales skills, it's really presentation skills. It's really how do I present and navigate this, you know, this interaction with someone where whereby I'm hoping to get them to take a certain action or come to a certain conclusion or whatever. And my my presentation and my interaction with them is paramount. And it starts with two things. It starts with with listening and with asking questions of people. You know, it's it's been said in sales that if the salesperson says it, it's a lie. But if the customer or prospect says it, it's the absolute truth. This is the way, this is kind of a, an adage of sales. So questions are designed to get people to think, to get people to kind of follow a series of steps that draws, you know, takes one to one to, to a particular conclusion. And if, if I say X is true, then the person can say, I don't believe that. This person, you know, Todd likes Trump. Trump's terrible. Why should I listen to Todd? But if the person through a series of questions ends up saying, ends up saying what it is that needs to be accepted and to be believed to embrace constitutional conservatism, if they say it, it's the gospel truth. If they say it, it's, it's the gospel truth. And so there's a period, I'm telling you, <laughs> I've got a couple of funny examples of this. One, uh, we had a uh, a, a sales girl named, well, I won't tell you her name, but she is a self-identified liberal Democrat. And she told me, well, first when she was hired, when she was first on the team, she wanted to fight with me. And I never fought with her once. I let her say whatever she wanted to say. Sometimes I thought it was complete and utter nonsense. She wanted to pick fights. And after some time, I think she realized this. And believe it or not, she actually asked me on a couple of occasions what I thought. And we began to have a dialogue, and I'm telling you, we found agreement on at least 60%. Some sort of – and I'm not saying to compromise conservatism. I'm saying areas where there's something that could have been – where we could have agreed upon uh, some things and actually something positive could could come out of this. Maybe even 70%. I don't know. But she told me one day, I won't forget, I, I will never forget this because it struck me as, as kind of comical at the time. She said, Todd, I could never support a conservative Republican, but I could support you. And I said, Well, I'm not ever I'm not running for anything, number one. Number two, um, that's not true. You just happened to know me and we took this time to do this and you know, we, we got to the point where we could have a conversation. And I'm in my estimation, that's that is most people. Most people. Now sometimes it's hard to get there and emotions are involved and you know, beliefs are strong. The personality of candidates makes things even more complicated during times of election. But those simple things led to a point to where and this has happened we've had multiple liberals 
or even let's just say non-conservatives that have worked at our show. That may sound crazy to you, but that's the absolute truth. The hippie lib, the hippie lib, a dear friend of mine who is uh, you know, just she's growing her family, so she's not able um, to to do to really work with us any longer on the level that we need. But she and I, I mean, we there were we there's agreement there. I'm telling you that there are ways to get people to consider voting for Trump. If you don't, you don't have to just go in blazing to say, you know, if you mention the word Trump, people have oftentimes just an immediate visceral reaction. But if you talk about ideas, if you listen to them, if you build a relationship and you earn the right to share your ideas, I mean, great, great progress can be made because I really believe liberty, free speech, the right to live according to your personal conscience, the freedom of religion, these are concepts and principles that are embraced by the vast majority of people when it's presented to them in the right way. If it's presented to them in a way that they find off-putting or repulsive, even if we disagree and think that they shouldn't find that presentation off-putting and repulsive say if we say trump is the vehicle for this they they just can't see past the name trump so why why go there why go there isn't the point to get folks to agree with us and i'm telling you at some point if you listen and they see that there's concern that you care about them if they believe that you have you have to have a little bit of knowledge you have to you know know what you want to say when the time is right you know the points that you want to make out be you know, earn their respect to a point. I mean, it's it's common that they'll even ask you at some point, well, what do you think about this? Once they realize you're not coming in looking for a quick conversion or, you know, once, you're, you know, you're, you're they realize that you're simply wanting to have a dialogue. And at some point you want you want to be able to articulate <clears throat> what it is that maybe they don't correctly understand about conservatism, because there's a lot. There's a lot for the average person that they don't understand because the people that they've listened to have lied to them. People in, you know, in, in education, people in the media, people in the Democrat Party, and then they've seen bad examples. People who say they're conservative in the Republican Party who oftentimes, like John Kasich, might as well just say that they're a Democrat. And so we don't have good examples of this. There are some, but there's not enough. But I'm telling you, people can be persuaded if we do these things correctly, intentionally, properly, respectfully. And that's ultimately what this this is about. I mean, I don't want to go through this every four years. And to a certain extent, I feel like this is the way it's going to be for the rest of the rest of my life. But I I think we should seek to try to we have to move the needle. We have to find a way to move the needle and get people to embrace these ideas once again and to see past the the narrative, the personality, and the way that the campaign is presented to us. Think about it. The Democrats have a guy hiding in the basement, and his strategy is just to stir up as much hatred for his opponent as possible. And that has worked in places. That may, who knows, that may win him in the election. It's crazy to think about, but that's where we are. I'm really long in this segment. got to take a break. Listening to Conservative Not Better Talk, I'm your host, Todd Huff, back here in just a minute.
Welcome back. You know, politics, politics, unfortunately, well, let's say elections in particular, when elections are about personalities, and don't get me wrong, I enjoy, <laughs> I enjoy watching this transpire. I think that, I think that Trump's personality has empowered the conservative movement in a lot of ways. I think it's encouraging to see someone who is relentless in his pursuit for, um, you know, pursuit for being his desire to be described or spoken about accurately in the media to have his ideas properly understood, to have his constitutional powers to, say, appoint a Supreme Court justice understood correctly and in context. Those powers do not end, as he said during the debate. After after three years, he has those for the entire four-year term. That's exactly and unequivocally correct. But when these things are too much about personality and not about ideas, it's easy for these ideas, these fundamental principles, to get overlooked. And it's one of the reasons, it's one of the key reasons, if you look at over the history of, of the world, some of these political movements, some of these big government movements like communism, for example, it's why you get to the point where people are actually clamoring for their freedoms to be taken away. It's why that when placed in the gulags, prisoners, prisoners of the gulags placed there by, say, Joseph Stalin himself, sing the praises of Joseph Stalin, even from their prison cells, the very cells that he put them in. It's why these things happen, because it's about personality. It's about rhetoric, and it's not about ideas. People, people lose the ability when they're, when they're focusing on personality to see the consequences of, of where the leaders actually want to take us. And that's what this election's about. I saw Donald Trump Jr. wrote something, and I think I saw it on Twitter, that said, this election is about liberty, and it is. And we've got to make sure that it is about liberty and heading in the correct direction, the constitutional direction, not in the direction of big government. Quick timeout. Come back and wrap up. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. back. So, so we have very important things coming up here in the next four weeks, but this is an ongoing, this is not going away anytime soon. This fundamental argument, battle for control of the heart, the mind, the soul of the United States of America. We have to understand that ideas matter and they matter tremendously. And then when making things about personality, some people folks would deny if President Trump said at noon on a cloudless day that the sun is shining, some people would refuse to accept that. It's insane. I understand that, but that is to the point uh, the point to which we've come here in this nation. So it's got to be about ideas and principles, and conservatism offers answers that we need other people to understand. Folks, thanks for listening. Have a great day. SDGC tomorrow. Take care.